Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Follow me on Twitter at Tony Liebert and Instagram at Tony underscore Liebert. That is T-O-N-Y-L-I-E-B-E-R-T. Um, for today's episode, I'll be recapping a busy week of college football nationally. I'll do a, something a little bit different. Uh, I recap the Gophers Guaranteed Rate Bowl victory on Wednesday night. and You can go back and listen to that episode. Uh, but... Today I'll kind of be reacting to the bowl season as a whole for college football, uh, the playoff, and kind of where Minnesota football fits into all of this. right into my reaction to the college football playoff semifinal games. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, I, I tweeted this out. The The people who complain about college football every New Year saying that, oh, the playoff's stupid, it's the same teams every year, it's a blowout, blah, those people are the worst. I enjoyed watching the playoffs. Sports are never perfect. There's going to be blowouts sometimes. And uh, I, I think those people just need to stop watching college football if they hate it so much. But uh, to the games themselves, um, we'll start Michigan versus Georgia. Uh, my biggest takeaway from this game, I think people just overreacted to the SEC championship. Uh, Georgia's defense all year had been historically good. Uh, they had dominated everyone they played except for Alabama like whistled like start to finish just pure domination everyone they played and if you on Michigan side they beat Rutgers by like seven uh they did not dominate everyone they played they were playing their best football at the end of the year uh but they had holes on their team their uh passing game had a lot of questions and uh, I think they relied too much on their run game all year um but what I think a very interesting question is if Ohio State would have competed better against Georgia. We'll get into their uh, Rose Bowl performance against Utah. But that's what makes college football interesting is because Michigan earned the right to play in the college football playoff. They beat Ohio State. They won the Big Ten Championship. Uh, but sometimes the better team doesn't always win. And I think Michigan caught Ohio State on one of its bad days. They were at home. Uh, kind of all the chips fell where they needed to in uh, last week of the regular season. And they were able to beat Ohio State. But I just have a feeling Ohio State would have competed better against Georgia. Uh, Georgia's defense is all world. But... 
you saw it's almost impossible to uh, score with that Ohio State offense when they are firing on all cylinders. And I think that would have been a, just a very interesting matchup. Um, uh, I'll get into it later, but I think if they expand the playoffs to 12, I think you can get matchups like that. And, like, Michigan deserved to play in this game, but it's just, they they matched up poorly with Georgia. And, uh, I th- the biggest thing going into the game for me was Georgia's quarterback, Stetson Bennett. I just didn't really think he was a big game quarterback. And he showed that he was. He played very well. Against Alabama and SEC Championship, he played terrible. But uh, he showed up, played well, and they just really destroyed Michigan from start to finish. They just had better players. <laughs> there really wasn't much to it. Uh, the last thing I'll touch on is I, I just think Georgia's defense just plays like a different sport than everyone else. Like, you can feel their intensity, speed, and like the level that they play at, like, through the TV. They just have so many just playmakers. Jordan Davis, big number 99, obviously is a mountain of a man. Uh, Nicobe Dean, their star linebacker, played unreal all game. He was making plays. And then Davion Kendrick had two picks at cornerback. It's just, their defense is just so fun to watch. Um, but yeah, I, I, they were just the better football team, and I think Michigan would agree with that. Uh, on to Alabama versus Cincinnati. Um, I thought this game showed me that, uh, Cincinnati was one of the four best teams in college football. Um, Alabama is a great football team. Everyone obviously knows that, and they play very well in the college football playoffs every year. And since he belonged on that football field, if you go uh, early in the second quarter, I believe Alabama was up by 10, and they muffed that punt, and it would have been right uh, on the doorstep of a Cincy touchdown if they recovered it, but Alabama jumped on it, and that was kind of after that since he really didn't threaten anymore to get the game really close, but if they, I think that was kind of the turning point of the game. They, they needed a play like that to compete with Alabama. And that's nothing against Cincy. It's just uh, Alabama's a very good football team. But I think Cincy was too. They belonged on the football field. And just at the end of the day, uh, Alabama just has better players. I, I don't – I think if you put – get, we'll get into it later, obviously, with the other bowl games. But if you put Utah on that field, if you put – Baylor, if you put Oklahoma State, I think they all get blown out. Um, so since he deserved to be on that field, they belong to be on that field. And I think they put up a good fight. At the end of the day, Alabama's just a better football team. Um, into the other New Year's Six Bowls, uh, had a terrific Rose Bowl. Ohio State took down Utah in the Thriller. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba had 15 catches, 347 and three touchdowns. Uh, Marvin Harrison had three touchdowns. It's just their Ohio State's wide receiver room is truly unbelievable. That they had Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, the highest rated recruit in the receiver room, Julian Fleming, didn't really even have that big of a game. But they had those three guys, and they have two first round wide receivers that opted out with uh, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. So it's just unbelievable that they have that much talent. Um, C.J. Stroud played 
maybe his best game of the season. 37 of 46 for 573 and six touchdowns against a very good Ohio, uh, Utah defense. Uh, my biggest takeaway from that game is I, th- I think Ohio State should be certainly preseason favorites in the Big Ten. Um, and they might be preseason favorites overall, to be honest, because it's going to be Alabama because they're getting back the Heisman winner. They're getting back Bryce Young. But they could be losing their top two wide receivers um, and a lot of guys on their defense. And Ohio State's bringing back a lot of their team. They're going to have Smith and Jigba. They're going to have Marvin Harrison Jr. They're going to have Julian Fleming. They're going to have Travion Henderson. They're going to have C.J. Stroud. So we saw what their offense can be next year in this game. They're having all those guys back. Uh, they're losing Olave and Garrett Wilson, but we clearly saw that's not. They're both those are very good players, but that's not that big of a deal. Um, Alabama's going to probably be losing Jamison Williams and John Mechie next year. I wouldn't be shocked if John Mechie came back, but uh, but I, Ohio State should be, I in my eyes, at least number two overall heading into next year. Um. The Sugar Bowl, Baylor versus Ole Miss. Uh, big takeaway from that, obviously, was Matt Corral opting to play in the game, and then he gets hurt. Um, I'll get more into the opt-outs later, but uh, anyone who says that bowl games don't re- really matter, uh, watching that game, both those teams really wanted to be there, and they cared a lot. And um, Baylor's an interesting program. Uh, Dave Aranda, their head coach, they had two wins last year. Turn it around, go twelve and two this year. Um, on a national scale, a program like Baylor, uh, I can't see why the Gophers can't compete at that level at some point. Like uh, Baylor's always like every two or three years they play in a New Year's Six Bowl. They're always in discussion for uh, conference championship. Uh, but I'll get into it a little later, but like, uh, the overall resources that programs like Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State have, uh, it's, end of the day, it's hard for the Gophers to compete nationally with programs like that, but a team like Baylor, very similar, uh, resources to their athletic department and football team than the Gophers, so I, I don't see why Minnesota can't be a program like Baylor. Um, and then the Peach Bowl, which was, uh, earlier in the week, Michigan State versus Pitt, uh, that game was also, a uh, big storyline was the two opt-outs, Pitt's quarterback Kenny Pickett opted out, and, uh, Kenneth Walker, Michigan State's running back opted out, uh, I, biggest takeaway from that game for me is Mel Tucker is a very, very good head football coach, he's completely accepted the transfer portal and it's really worked out for him. Uh, Michigan State, I expect to compete in the Big Ten East next year. Um, I expect them to have, they already signed, uh, why am I blanking on his name, the uh, Wisconsin running back who was supposed to be really good this year, uh, Jalen Berger, uh, to replace Kenneth Walker, so we'll see how that goes next year. Um, But Michigan State's in a very good spot uh, as a program. And then, uh, lastly, the Fiesta Bowl, uh, Oklahoma State versus Notre Dame. Uh, it was Marcus Freeman's first game. 
uh, as head coach, Notre Dame now has lost 10 straight major bowl games, the BCS or New Year's Six Bowls, which is just unbelievable. And uh, former Wisconsin quarterback Jack Cohn uh, really surprised me all year, but he kind of had a solid year. Ended with 500-plus passing yards in this game. He had 3,200 passing yards on the year. Uh, he played a lot better than I thought he was. Um, but, yeah, that's the uh, recap from the major bowl games. I, I found it to be a very entertaining uh, weekend of college football. And anyone who says otherwise is a loser and has a big turd in their pants. Um, as for the Big Ten Conference overall, uh, from bowl season, everyone likes to talk about uh, how the conferences do in uh, bowl season. The Big Ten ended 6-4. and four. Uh, Minnesota beat West Virginia. Wisconsin beat Arizona State. Purdue beat Tennessee. Maryland beat... Virginia Tech, Michigan State beat Pitt, and Ohio State beat Utah. And then Michigan lost to Georgia. Rutgers lost as a late replacement to Wake Forest. Uh, Penn State lost to Arkansas, and Iowa lost to Kentucky. Overall, I thought the uh, Big Ten did a good job performing on a national scale. Um, Like I said, the interesting thing is... I don't know if Michigan was the best team in the Big Ten. I think Ohio State, personally, would have competed better against Georgia. But that's uh, sports, really, and that's college football. Um, It's an interesting thing, but... uh, So, they obviously lost to Georgia, and then Rutgers, that loss really doesn't count because they shouldn't have really even been in that game. Um, And Penn State and Iowa... Penn State, I think, was in a bowl a little too better than what they deserved. A lot of their team opted out. They competed in that game, but Arkansas was a better football team, and Iowa was overrated all year, and they played a better team. Plain and simple. Uh, but the Big Ten showed that they're a good football conference. The, they showed that they're deep. Uh, everyone obviously loved to talk about how the SEC started 0-4 or whatever, but now it's all SEC uh championship game at the end of the day I don't think that uh, taking too much from uh, a conferences performance in bowl games can be you don't want to take too much because uh, at the end of the day it's all about matchups and like you can't really tell if the Big Ten's better than the SEC if the Big Ten played four of its games against the Big 12 and the other three against the Pat, like, it just, like, what are you doing? The Big Ten did well. Um, I don't think there's much more to it. Uh, as for uh, another popular uh, talking point that everyone seems to be talking about on Twitter is the opt-outs of uh, bowl games. Uh, do bowl games really matter? Uh Matt Corral, the Ole Miss quarterback, was obviously the biggest one. Um, His decision to play, obviously, he wanted to go for the most wins in program history. Ole Miss never won 11 games. They had 10 wins, and he got hurt. I I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to any of these. Uh, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave opted out. Ohio State wide receivers and 
Oh, uh, it just I don't understand why people care. Like, uh, if you want to opt out, opt out. Newsflash: There's a lot of talented football players in college football, and someone will step in, and the bowl game will be just as entertaining. Uh, as for Ohio State, like, uh, it just put in a few more five-star wide receivers, and the game was just as entertaining as it would have been with Wilson and Olave. They have every right to uh, protect their future and go right ahead. Matt Corral got hurt. If he opted out, I, that game would have been interesting. The Ole Miss backup quarterback, he's talented. He was throwing the ball around the field. Uh, Penn State's defense played very well against Arkansas, and half their unit opted out. They have talented young players. Like, I I don't get the argument that it's, it's like, it, ruin, it doesn't ruin anything. Like, there's talented players behind them. Like, uh... Obviously, it would be fun to watch them one more time. But it's just like, neither way matters. If they play, they play. If they don't, they don't. Like The game's still going to be fun to watch in my eyes. Um, but, like like I said, that Ole Miss-Baylor Sugar Bowl, you could really tell both those teams were into the game. And, like, they really wanted to be there. Uh, the Oklahoma State, no, like, I didn't really wa- The Michigan State hit game uh, earlier in the week was odd with, both teams' best player opting out. Uh, it had a different feel, but that game came down to the wire, and both those teams were in the game. Like, I, people saying that, like, oh, these teams don't want to be there. It's just lazy in my eyes. Like, all these games were entertaining. Um, and, like, for example, Pitt, their top quarterback opted out, and... Uh, now heading into next year, they're getting the uh, USC transfer quarterback, and they have uh, the Bolitnikov winner at wide receiver. Uh, so without their quarterback, it, it kind of has weird momentum heading into next year because they were playing a backup who's not going to play next year. And it, it does kind of seem like that bowl game didn't matter for them, but it still did for everyone else on the team. So I, I, I don't know, but... Like, Pitt was into that game. They were trying to win the game. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. They're, they're going to play next year. Uh, they're going to, like, well, well, I, I, don't, I don't even know what to say. But as for Ohio State, their opt-outs, it almost helped them. Like, they got to see their talent, what they're going to have next year. And I think uh, their opt-outs really gave them some serious momentum heading into next year now. Because C.J. Stroud knows who's throwing to next year, and they're just going to be a insane offense next year a very fun team to watch um one of the last things i wanted to touch on here is the expanded playoff uh everyone's obviously talking about it um everyone says should they expand will there be more blowouts um i i think they definitely should um for so let's say they go to 12 teams which is the most commonly proposed one um I think you could really have some intriguing matchups there. So those 12 teams will be the 12 teams that obviously played in the uh, major bowl games. And like, for example, so I think the most intriguing way for them to do it would be the four teams who made the playoff this year. So the top four teams all get a first round bye. And then the other eight teams play in first round games. And like, for example, the winner of the Rose Bowl is going to play Michigan. 
I don't know if it'll be considered the Rose Bowl still, but the winner of Ohio State-Utah would play Michigan. And, like, uh, another interesting thing, those games could be at the higher seeds' home field. So that game could be played at Ohio State in Columbus. And you're telling me if Ohio State wins that, a rematch against Michigan, that wouldn't be intriguing. I think Ohio State would have every shot to win that. And... And then it could really set up that uh, Ohio State versus Georgia matchup I was talking about earlier. And then for, like, Baylor versus Ole Miss, that game will be played in Waco. And then the winner of that could play Alabama. And, like, that would be a very interesting matchup. Uh, probably the winner of Michigan State Pitt would play Alabama because they would be lower seeds. But... Kenny Pickett or Kenneth Walker would probably play in that game. And then uh, Pitt versus Alabama would be an interesting matchup. You get two of the best quarterbacks in the country going at it. Alabama will probably win, but that's an interesting game still. Baylor versus Ole Miss, winner of that game will probably play Cincinnati. Everyone said, oh, is Cincinnati deserve it? Or uh, Baylor, major conference winner. You figure it out right there. Who, who belongs in the playoff? And then lastly, Oklahoma State versus Notre Dame uh, played in uh, South Bend, and the winner of that probably plays Georgia. And then, like, that's what it should be in my eyes because these 12 teams, I think, are clearly the 12 best teams in college football, and it would have made some really intriguing matchups. You still might have, at the end of the day, had the same playoff, but... uh, Another big thing that they could do is play those uh, quarterfinal games earlier in December, so it's not a huge break between the uh, conference championship games and the bowl games. So, uh, like, the middle of December, you're playing those games, and then you still can play the uh, semifinal games the week of uh, New Year's. And I think it would just be a very intriguing way to do things. If they move to 12, I don't think they're going to do the four first-round buys. But in my eyes, I think that's the most interesting. Um, But, like, end of the day, you then you get teams like Utah, Oklahoma State, and Baylor that have a chance to play uh, themselves into deeper in the postseason. Utah was playing some of the best football in the country. Their quarterback gets knocked out and they lose to Ohio State, but they kept up with an Ohio State offense that almost puts 600 uh, yards through the air up on them. And going into that game, if you said Ohio State was going to have 573 passing yards and you don't know if Utah was going to keep up with them, I would say most people would guess that Ohio State would blow them out if they had that many passing yards. But, like, uh, even Baylor, they played great football at the end of the year, and you get to see them against better teams and if they're legit. And it's more of like an NFL playoff thing if you're just playing your best football at the end of the year. That's all that matters. Uh, last thing I wanted to touch on before I give out my national championship game prediction uh, is the transfer portal. Um Everyone seems to be complaining about the transfer portal. Oh, it's ruining college football, blah, 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 blah. I think the bigger problem is the extra COVID year because it really keeps the same players playing college football, and it's hard to get 
in like incoming freshmen. It limits the roster space. I think that uh, is creating a bigger issue with rosters. Uh, I, there's going to be a, an adjustment period for the transfer portal. I, I don't think like they need to fine tune things like have uh, more deadlines to when you can withdraw uh, f from the portal or enter the portal. And with anything, I think it's going to take three, five years until uh, it's a good system. But I, at the end of the day, I don't think there's going to be any issue. Uh, it's good. For, it's good for everyone. I think personally. Um, I don't think it's ruining college football, and I think there's just no issue. Um, one other thing I wanted to talk about was people saying that the same teams are in the playoff every year, and they're going to continue to be in the playoff every year. Um, if they move to 12 teams, I think you would get the same teams uh, in the Final Four every year like you are now. You would get the Georgias, the Alabamas, the Ohio States, the Clemsons, uh, the LSUs, because those teams just have more resources dedicated to their football programs. Um, but if you throw in the 12, that's when you get a team like Cincinnati. Uh, teams like Michigan... Uh, if you're on struggling programs like USC and Texas, they obviously uh, put a lot of resources into their football program. But um, they're, so they're going to be in the playoff. But if you move to 12, you get teams like you get matchups like Alabama versus Cincinnati, or you would get uh, Baylor versus Alabama, or you would get uh, Utah versus Georgia. So basically what I'm saying is I think Minnesota can be a program like Baylor. They can be a program like Ole Miss, like Utah, like Michigan State, like Oklahoma State. And they have the resources to do that and be a consistent team that could play in a 12-team playoff. I just don't know if uh, the – top four is going to be any different if you do 12 teams but it'll just be it'll just be more intriguing uh throw Texas A&M into the mix as an elite program because they remind me a lot how Georgia was five years ago how they kept getting top recruiting classes and it's just in a few years I think uh the playoff if they do expand I think it's uh it would only expand the first year would be like 2024, 2025. I, I bet we see Texas A&M in the, in the uh, current format with four teams before they expand. But that's besides the fact. I think college football is in a good spot. I was entertained this weekend thoroughly, and I don't think there's any problem uh, with where the sport is. Um, it's really no different than it has been, and I, I think people complaining just – have a big dump in their pants um as for the national championship on monday other people who also are complaining that it's stupid it's a rematch it's the two best teams in college football by a wide margin i, I think it's very interesting to see if georgia gets its revenge and i think it's a very intriguing game um anyone who thinks otherwise has a dump in their pants i think that uh georgia rolls in the national championship i think 
Stetson Bennett, the moment was too big for him in the SEC Championship, Georgia's quarterback. And I think on Monday night, we see it It really comes down to him. If he plays as well as he did against Michigan, I think Georgia uh, really has the advantage almost at every position group. And uh, his supporting cast is so good with his defense, with his weapons on offense. If he even plays average mistake-free football, I think Georgia wins. Um, I think it'll be a super intriguing game, um, but uh, I could also see Alabama winning. But my prediction is Georgia uh, 31-27. Um, next week, I think I'm going to try to do a uh, mailbag. So on Twitter, I'm going to send out a tweet and and if you have any questions relating to Gophers football, next week's episode will be all Gophers stuff again. Um, but if you have any off-season questions about recruiting, uh, the transfer portal, uh, projected depth charts next year, um, I'll send out a tweet, and you can drop those uh, in the comments, um, and I'll talk about them on next week's uh, show. But... As for this week, I think that's all I got for you guys. As always, I appreciate you listening. Row the boat, Sky Uma, and go Gophers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.